Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 91. <gasps> Nine away from 100. Yeah, that's good math, man. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You math well. But here's the thing. 100 episodes. I feel like we, we're not doing enough. We're not doing enough? Like we, we should we should do something. Like I don't know. Oh, what I see be. what you're saying. Like, like we need to be like building this up. Yeah, but the tough thing about it is it, we're right in the not in the midst of Q4, but we're almost there. Yeah. I see that. I, I okay. So maybe we got to get our creative juices going about the hundredth episode. And maybe some of our listeners out there can like send us some ideas of like something awesome. Can't guarantee we'll do whatever it is you send, but <laughs> or but any of can, it, but we'll try. Yep. No, but that'd be great though. Like, like collectively together as a pure hustle podcast community we're better than we are alone so send in your ideas <laughs> right. let us know if there's anything cool we could do for episode 100 if you got any special ideas and if 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 you do and we use it then uh you'll win the special prize of our gratitude so that'd be <laughs> awesome i'm not sure how special that prize is but i guess some might want it i don't know that's right <laughs> all right hey and along with that we're getting closer to our conspiracy episode Doom, doom, doom. We have some good conspiracies that have been thrown our way. I'm actually going to be contacting eBay and asking them what are some conspiracies that you've heard. Hmm. Now, can you trust anything that they send you? Because well, that's why it's conspiracy. Here's here's the thing about conspiracy theories. Like, I'm not going to lie, I find them very entertaining. There's times when I'll 100 entertaining. Um, but the people and nothing against people who are like. 100% believe in like some of the craziest conspiracies, but there are people who are like obsessed with it. And I remember like I'd have conversations with my brother about various conspiracy theories and he'd always say things like, yeah, but like the government is like hiding this information and like this person on YouTube is like telling the truth and like they're getting it out there. And I'm like, so this government that is is so powerful and so able to control everything that they can control all of these, whatever it is, the weather or whatever it is that they're controlling, but yet aren't able to stop this person from spreading the information. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe it's misinformation, but then that's the thing. If it's misinformation, the information, uh, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Oh, wow. We just, <laughs> I don't know what you're Mike is super there. flustered. Right? I, I'm, I'm just, just confused. I know, but you're... that's a, that's a conspiracy. Conspiracy is no one really knows the truth. No, but conspiracy theorists, like the hardcore ones, they, they know the truth. And oftentimes no, okay. they're the I only ones that know Yeah, truth. okay. Well, okay. So this is not a conspiracy podcast, <laughs> but we want to have our conspiracy episode. I, there's a good one. There's a good one that ties CEO of eBay resigning, Glitchgate, stocks, the government. It's good stuff. And Area 51. <laughs> and Area 51. So it's all connected. So, hey, if you have any out there, thank you. Those of you who have sent them, they've, you know, we're going to storm away and bring them up for the episode because. We like having a good time and it's not, we're not myth busters. We're not going to take every conspiracy and like break it down and say, this is not true. Some we will, some we will, but Busted. some of them we're just going to leave out there because you never know. You never know. You never know. All right. So outside of that, I think we lost some traction. I feel like we always lose some traction. Maybe we should just start off right away with, Hey, this is an update episode. Here's what's going on. No, this is like the warm up. You're like warming up into the episode okay. and then it starts. All right. Are you warmed up? Are you ready to go? Yep. Got my vocal cords ready to go. All right. So my chair is like turned away from you and I'm looking to the mic. Like I'm like posing. Yeah. For watching this on YouTube, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. So How's it going, guys? Let me, let me, let me fix this podcast. If you're listening here. on the podcast, you have to watch this on YouTube to see what I'm talking about. Or you don't have to. 
Yeah, if you want to see the way Orlando's sitting, it's riveting. It's riveting, it is, YouTube. It is, it is totally worth you coming over, subscribing, hitting that bell notification, and a like button. Yeah, that's, that's how riveting, that's how it, riveting is. it is. Okay. All right. So this is an update episode. A lot been going on. So do you want to start us off with what's going on in your reselling world? Um, in my reselling world? Well, um, I don't know if any of our listeners saw on Instagram, but I posted a video of uh, a new way that I'm set up for taking pictures of well, photographs, yeah, which is kind of cool. Awesome. I mean, I'm planning on making a YouTube video of it here pretty soon. Uh, but I'll just kind of explain just briefly how simple it is to do. Because, uh, you know, a, a lot of people have the same kind of issue that that we can run into and it's space. And, and we've talked in our last episodes or last one, we were talking about, you know, optimizing your time and, and being efficient with time. And a big part of it is space and kind of having a system that works. And so my wife has been working just incredibly hard to get all of our items listed. Like we're, we're almost through our inventory reserves. Like we're just pounding them out. And we're at a place though where she's like, I need to take pictures of clothes and we don't have like a clothes system set up. And we have the photo box, which is great for smaller items and for home goods and that kind of stuff, hard goods. And, but we haven't had a way to take pictures of, of clothes because before we had a white background wall that we would just use. We'd hang stuff up in front of the wall or put stuff, put the mannequin in front of a white wall. Well, in our new system, our new area where we're at, it's nothing but orange and green walls, mm. right? So and it takes away the light. Yeah, it, 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 it takes away some of the light and the lighting, it really isn't the issue as much as the background, right? Like we don't want like an orange background behind clothes because it might not be flattering for the clothes. It's not going to help us. Uh, if the if it, if the algorithm really cares or not with a pure white background, it just doesn't look as professional. So now the other thing was we didn't want to we don't really have the space the wall space in here to like hang something up permanent. And so I came up with this idea. It's like okay, well we've got these racks in here. We've got these um, you know the, the racks we put our totes on and all of our VCRs and all of that stuff. And I said, what if I, like we could set up something that that's on here? And so we took. Um, some hooks, some simple hooks that you can get at Home Depot. I think we paid like a dollar or something each. And I just drilled the hooks into the ends of two different um, racks because the paper that we bought, we bought some photo paper off of Amazon. The photo paper, I think, is like five feet or six feet long. It's something like that. So it's wider than one rack. So the the little bar that we set up had to be at least two racks long. And we just drilled in these hooks and we put it on kind of like you would do curtain rods. And then the paper just rolls down and it rolls back up. And it it, it it was extremely inexpensive. And we we don't even set up the light. Like we literally just pull the paper down, put the mannequin in front. And because it's a pure white background and there's enough room light, the photos look great. Like you no, know, and they do. And that's that's what I was gonna comment on is that, you know, I went through a whole I bought the huge lights because this is before I knew about LED lights. Mm -hmm. So I bought the whole lie. I got the backdrop. I have everything. And my helper uses it. And the pictures are okay. Mm -hmm. They're not, to me, they're not outstanding. And it's not her fault. It's more of the setup I gave her. I probably need to add another light. Like a lot of people get ring lights. And you got to find what works for you. Because some people swear by the ring light. Other people don't use a ring light. Because the lights that they have are enough. Or for, in your case, the room light. Well, typically enough. ring light. And ring light would typically be more for taking video or pictures of yourself. No, but they've used it for clothing though. Cause it removes the shadows. Uh, yeah, I could see that, but <laughs> no matter, no matter what, like any, any, any light that's going to project out is going to remove the shadows. As long as you have a light at the back source, right? Like, so you, mm -hmm. so you have to have light on whatever your background is to remove the shadow. That's how you get rid of the shadows. You have to have the light, light behind the thing you're taking picture of up on the, the source. 
Uh, luckily, in the room that we're in, in a lot of rooms, light comes from above. Now, one thing people don't know too, I mean, the nice thing about using your phone is when you take a picture on your phone, it does auto white balance. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can adjust the the brightness. And so even if there is a little bit of shadow on a white background, if you bring the brightness up a little bit, not so much that it flushes out colors on the item because you want to give a true to life picture of the item, but you can get rid of some shadows as long as it's not like a big shadow. Uh, the other thing though is, and, and this might be one of the reasons why you have issues with some of your pictures, is when you have room lighting or outside lighting and then you present new lighting. So like in our studio right now, we have lighting on us. Um, when you're dealing with two different light sources, they're at different um, uh, levels of like coolness and, and, and warmness. And cameras then have a very difficult time trying to auto white balance because it's it's got two different sources of light. Because a lot of times you'll notice on pictures or on cameras, there's like a, a sunlight mode or an inside mode or tungsten light mode because different light sources bring off different colors. And so when you've got two conflicting light sources, so you might actually end up with worse pictures if you have external lights on your item and you have room light also that is a different uh, temperature of So do of you lighting. recommend turning off the room light? I would say do one or the other, right? And that's one of the reasons why like the photo light box that we use, it covers everything. And then it also has a flap that comes down that you okay. can take a picture straight through. Now, I don't always use that because I, I never I, use it. But yeah, I see what you're but saying. But if you have a light source coming from behind you, I've done this before where I've got a light source, a mm -hmm. big bright light source coming into the box. It changes the, the camera has a difficult time trying to figure out what the temperature of the white balance is, mm -hmm. right? So it, that's why the, the, a lot of, like photo boxes that you could take pictures in have a flap that come down and just a hole that you could put the camera into because you're trying to block out any external light, not only that causes shadow, but that can affect the temperature. So like when you take pictures, like professional photographers, they'll often use like a... I'm just laughing because this is the most technical we've ever been on Piero's podcast. Hey. It's great. No, it's great yeah, info. Connect. No, you bring your expertise. So um, I don't remember the exact uh, percentage number, but there's a people will use oftentimes like a gray card. Like when I do videos, I have a gray card that I'll use when I'm outside. When you change into different light sources, you take a picture of this gray card in the light source and it's like a 12% grade or something like that. And you, your camera knows to check what true white is based off of the way the gray shows up. So it, it will adjust to make sure that gray is exactly 12% gray or whatever the gray percentage is. And then that will give you... So that way, if you're taking video or pictures outside and then you come inside, you do it again. And that way person's skin tone is always going to be the same. Otherwise, you end up with different skin tones, different colors of shirts and stuff. And the same thing applies when you're taking pictures. Now, nice thing is most of us are taking pictures on our phones, right? And so the auto white balance is, is pretty darn good on phones. Like mm -hmm. you're going to end up with yeah, pretty good. I agree. But if you've got a lot of different light sources, you might notice and even backgrounds can change the reflections. You might be like, I can't get a picture that's the coloring looks like it's kind of like this greenish blue, but like in real life, it's more of like a blue blue. That's that's a white balance issue. That is great info. No, thank you. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, because I've before I went Amazon Lightbox, you know, the Amazon Basics one that's in our in our links. I used two foam boards from the dollar store and a vinyl white yep. uh, table cover. And I remember I always struggled with it. Mm -hmm. Right. But the nice thing with the light box is that every the it's one light and it's all self-contained. Yep. And yeah, the balance is good. Well, and the you same can thing too. Sometimes, but it's good. Yeah, and when the same thing too is if you've got let's say vinyl white and then whiteboard, white poster board, and yeah. it's two different whites. That's what I was trying to say. Your yeah. phone will, your phone or your camera is going to try and auto white balance, and depending on which angle you're hitting, it's going to change the white balance because it's going to pick a source that it thinks is white, mm -hmm. and it's going to try and make that true white, right? Like it, every color has like a spectrum, and so when you see something, our eyes automatically adjust, but cameras don't, and so it tries to figure out 
this thing in the picture must be white. And so then everything else gets adjusted to that. And that's why skin tones can look different if people take pictures, you know, using different stuff under different lighting. And so same thing with, with that. If you've got a white, white bottom and then a white top and it's two different whites, uh, you can end up with an issue where it's trying to figure out white balance and it it's going to change the color of the item. It might look more orange or more more eggshell or it might look more blue or more green, depending on what the white balance, the real white balance of the room is. Some great info. So, and again, this, this might help you in the sense that you may be thinking you need this huge like external setup, mm -hmm. but if your balance is right, right. And you're able to just use your room light or, you know, I remember how home mom, she uses outside light. Yeah. Sunlight is the best. Well, sunlight right? is the best if you don't have shadows. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's definitely doable. So just things to think about. And that was a, that, that was my update. No, but that's here. Here's what I wanted to add was, you know, we, if we had three episodes of don't make time your enemy and this isn't going to be part four, but one of the, one of the things that I, I had forgot to mention was that when I first started reselling, I took a lot of pictures and then used editing software mm -hmm. after to edit every single clothing picture because of that issue. Right. And so the better thing would have been to have the knowledge that you just shared right by the right equipment. And yes, it would have been maybe some money up front if I needed to get a different kind of light or whatever it is. But ultimately the time I would have saved because I'm at a place now, I don't edit any of my pictures. But when I first started, I used to do a lot of editing. Mm. So do you edit your pictures at all? No. Okay. So that's good. That's good. Right. Okay. So Cool. What's new with you? No, I know, but I, can I ask? Because a lot of people will probably wonder how. Where are you on the motorcycle path? Ah, yeah. So, um, we, I, I picked out a couple of motorcycles that I really like. Now, here's the thing: I used to ride a motorcycle. I, I think I talked about that on on the podcast before. I'm gonna admit, I never actually had a motorcycle license. I had a motorcycle permit, and so permits. <laughs> Another thing I've learned from Mike. So permits uh, in California allow you to ride during the day, not ride with a um with a a person on the back of the motorcycle and you're not allowed to ride on freeways. But you can still like ride with just a permit. Yeah, with the permit, you could ride during the day on regular roads, not on highways. Um, and so I, I'm not going to say I always followed those rules, but I, I mean, you know, several years I rode a motorcycle. You're pleading the fifth right um, now. But my permit expired, obviously, because, you know, I hadn't used it. It's and been I, a little while. It's been a while. And so I don't have a permit or a motorcycle license. So I need to go get another permit and license. You have to get a permit before you can get a license. And it's just, it's just a test. You take a written test and then you have to take the, driv the the riding test. Well, I want to buy my motorcycle from a person because you can get a much better deal, right? With just cash, just hand them the cash and say, here, I want your motorcycle, mm -hmm. as opposed to going to a dealer and going mm -hmm. through all of that, you know, all the fees and you still the have to pay taxes and yeah. stuff. But yeah, you typically are going to get a better deal from a person offloading their motorcycle. Well, the few that I've really like, oh, that's a good one. I think I want to get it. Um, rightfully so, the people require that if you're going to test drive their motorcycle, you have to have a motorcycle license. And I would require the same thing, right? Like I'm not going to let yeah, some yeah, Yahoo yeah. jump on my motorcycle and take it for a test drive and then dump it on the side of the road because then it's worthless. So um, I know how to ride a motorcycle and I would never crash. I mean, I can't say I never crash. Like the likelihood of me crashing someone's motorcycle is very low. However, I, I understand that requirement. And so I need to at least first get my my permit. And so I need to study for it. So I'm planning on doing that this week, going and taking... I don't know, maybe it'll be two weeks because the DMV, there's only like two DMVs around here where you can get that and you can't make appointments for it. It's walk-in only. It's so crazy. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'm going to at least get my permit done. And then once I have my permit, I think I have a better chance of like telling somebody like, hey, I just re-got my permit. I don't know. Then I could at least test drive a motorcycle. 
Um, and if people still, if like I'm set on a bike and they require motorcycle license, then I will do whatever it takes to get that too. So it's going to be a couple of weeks as far as that goes, but, um, I've definitely been on the look and I've, I found some that I really like. And now it's just a process of taking the test, taking another test, um, buying all of the, the gear that I need, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. That's some Harley gear. I can tell you. Yeah. Not my style. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait till I, you know, I've waited outside of the studio for Mike to show up, and I hear these loud pipes, and it's Mike appearing for the podcast. Yeah, no, not a Harley. Maybe a Harley. Maybe like a, like a it's like an old Roadster or something. But I don't know. Not really my style. No, I get it. I, I'm not gonna. Actually, I have considered it for a while, but it just it wouldn't help. It just it just wouldn't. Like I can't. Wouldn't help my, what? It wouldn't help my image. It wouldn't help sourcing. It wouldn't help a lot of things. So, you know, this beard's getting kind of long and I'm getting all kinds of uh, comments. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this is, this you look more and more like you belong on a Harley. <laughs> Maybe I do, but I'm going to let this grow for a long time. Long. No, we don't need do to you get love it. it. We, I do love it. All right. I love it. it it's my expression of like, I do what I want. Okay. So then is it a statement that you're like, ha ha, look at me? Or is it something that you genuinely like love? No, I love it. Okay. That's good. All right. Enough about the beard. All right. So what's going on with me? So oh, I'm going to talk about this later on about, you know, dealing with Glitchgate and all that, because that's, that's been pressing on me. But, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I went back to our Instagram, you know, I talk about going to your archives and seeing what you're doing. And I kept having this nagging feeling like I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And I talked about this in previous podcasts, how I had a whole inventory of Toys R Us that I kept shipping out. Well, now it's a little tougher, right? Because I don't have that. And at this time, remember last year, we had that bolo that we were sourcing. And so that bolo has gone away. Probably wasn't a bolo last year either, but we made some money on it. I think you made money on it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Not a lot, but you made some. That was like my number one Q4 uh, item. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. So good. I'm glad. No, no. Don't be glad that I'm miserable. My bolo is gone. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm at least glad I didn't give Mike poor advice on a bolo and he lost money. That would have, I would have felt I terrible. think we're talking about the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. That, we'll, that tall thing. Oh, no, no, no. Not no. that. That item oh. was not good. Oh, that? <laughs> the tall thing was terrible. Okay. Now I'm trying to remember which bolo I told you, but it's okay. They no longer make it. They no longer make it. Okay. So the other, okay. So there's that. And then... You know, there's different sourcing that I'm doing this year. So last year, I remembered that I was buying stuff at 30% margins in October. And I remember it hurt because once prices tanked or things got intense, like I'm talking about like 5% margins, right? And so unless you're buying a million dollars worth of inventory, that's or even $100,000 worth of inventory, those are pretty tough margins. Mm -hmm. And so this year, my plans changed. I'm not doing that. It has to be 100%, at least when I initially purchase it. Now, if it dips to 50 to 30%, once it get out, gets out into FBA world, then I'm willing to work with that. So I'm trying to be a lot more strategic because I do, you know, last year I came out winning in February, which that wasn't okay. That didn't help my credit score. You know, it wasn't the best. I want to come out winning in December. So I've been very careful to keep my credit score where I want it to be, which is really, really good. And I've been really careful to pay off that debt. So I'm flipping stuff really fast. And on top of that, I'm making sure that my ROI is at a certain level. So that means that my shipments haven't been as much lately. But, you know, part of what I'm going to be looking forward to, I'm talking about is I'm going to be ramping that up. I already rented my van. 
last year I rented my van for, I think it was going to be for two weeks. This, no, it was, it was like a week and a half. This year I rented it that I'm going to have it for three weeks. So I'm definitely going to be ramping up the, the sourcing and the sending out. Cause remember the other thing and we're up for another Q4 episode for our next theme episode, the pitfalls of Q4. Oh, there we go. So it's going to be, and it's going to drop right, you know, before things get really crazy. But, you know, I, I want to make sure that I don't get killed by storage fees, right? That's what killed me last year. I think yeah. I paid, and I know there's a lot of people out there that sell a lot more than they do. But for me, losing $4,000 in storage fees, that was a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's got to hurt. That did hurt. And so I don't want that. I want stuff to show up at the warehouse and I wanted to flip fast. So I've been really strategic about my shipments. It's only been about one or two a week. Uh, starting next week, it'll probably be three. And then the week after, probably going to eventually, I'm hoping I can make it every day, you know, but we'll see what happens because I want to come out winning in December. The other part is, you know, I talked about open space and be more productive and I've been moving stuff out and I'm not done yet. You know, I still got stuff in my kitchen cabinets. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about is I talked about how you, you're way more productive when you have a living space. And if your living space is also your workspace. Do you know what I'm talking about? You, you seem lost. Okay. If you're listening so, to the podcast, Mike kind of just. Okay. Cause I was tracking with you and then I, and then I, and then you lost me. So you're saying I, I at first was thinking you're more productive if you have a separate living space and workspace, but you're saying you're more productive if your living space is also your workspace. No, if it's not. Oh, okay. I, I <laughs> That's why I got confused. I thought you said, no, if you have a living space and a workspace and if your living space is your workspace, no, no, I was no. like, wait a minute, what? No, now it is. I mean, again, I am not warehouse ready. And, you know, I, especially after an interview with Side Hustle Network, that definitely made me go, okay, I, I know why I'm not warehouse ready. Right. right? And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out that interview, I, to me, there's so many good things that we learned in yeah. that interview. It was really good. And so I cleared stuff out and my living room is my living room. My kitchen is my kitchen 80% of the time. And, <laughs> and you know, well, because, you know. I get I, it. I get it. Yeah. it's Space is tough. I mean, there are people in, in this country that we live in, which is United States, for those of you who don't know that that's where we're at, who, who have houses with like basements and giant two car or three car garages and sheds in the backyard. Uh, we have like 800 square feet and we're like thrilled because it's a ton of space. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's a big, it, like space is a thing. And so, yeah, like sometimes you, you got to shove stuff in corners um, and it's not always easy. So, but it's been nice because I will tell you, I list a lot more. I, you know, I'm able to process things for Amazon a lot more. And so it's, it's been really nice. And I don't feel overwhelmed at the end of the night. Like, and then I wake up in the morning and I walk downstairs. I'm like, Hey, I live here. <laughs> you know, instead of like, Oh man, there's, there's all these poly bags over here and there's, you know, stuff that I got printed out and here's the, you know, what do you call the, the extra stuff? You know, when you take off tags and the junk, there's a name for that. I know, junk? I know there's, there's dunnage for like the paper wrapping. Uh -huh. There isn't dunnage all over the place. It's just, it felt really nice. So I'm excited about making more of that happen. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's my update. Okay. Some random stories, Mike. Random stories. What do you, what do you got? You go first. You go. Okay. I got a couple. I always have a couple or three or four, but I think I got a couple. So I wanted to, wanted to update the lost packages gate. Do you remember last update episode? 
I had three packages and they all wow. went. Yeah. You, you sent them to the wrong houses. Yes. I sent them to. Now I will claim it was me. I really don't know how, cause I, I don't do bulk shipping. I individually pack each item. Cause I always had this fear that this would happen. And even still with individual shipping, it happened now. So this is what took place and it's almost, it's almost solved. Almost. So I had three items that went to, I had a pair of ballet shoes. that went to the wrong location. I had a pair of Kuru shoes. No, I had four items. Sorry. Four. I see four items. I had a pair of clogs and I had a cooler. Okay. Cooler ended up going to the person who was supposed to do the ballet shoes. That person got refunded, said, Hey, if you ever find your shoes, please let me know. Story's over. The person that was supposed to get the Kuru shoes got the ballet shoes. That person, remember they said, Hey, I tried these on. They didn't fit. <laughs> like, why, why, why'd you do that? Well, that person said they were going to return them. I already refunded them. Right. Because you know, I don't want negative feedback, yeah. right? You got to think macro. They never, they haven't returned the belly shoes mm. and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to poke the bear. Yeah. Right. I don't have any negative feedback. They're good. Da, da, da. The person that was supposed to get the clogs ended up getting the Kuru shoes. That person said, Hey, you know, I was really excited about these clogs, but they're not clogs. They're these shoes and they're Kuru. And this isn't what I ordered. I'm like, oh no. And they said, hey, you know, so I'm going to return them, right? They sent a return request. They said, fine, no problem. They said, hey, can you give me a week to return them? I'm like, why are you asking? You should be like angry. Yeah. Right. I didn't refund them right away because they didn't seem like really upset. So they just returned it. And as soon as those Kuru shoes show up, I'll refund them that amount. Then the person that bought the Kuru shoes, I'm going to contact them and say, hey, are you still interested? I'll sell them to you for $5 off. And we'll see what happened. Now, the mystery is the clogs, I believe, went to the cooler person. Now, that cooler person got two coolers. I think. No, they didn't get two coolers. They, get, they only got one because the cooler went to somebody else. So that cooler person got the cooler and they have these clogs. Now, I'm in a dilemma here. Do I contact this person and say, hey, do you mind sending these clogs? I mean, what do I have to lose? They already got the cooler. They got it. Four days later than they anticipated. Do you already I have your positive it. feedback? No, I have nothing. I mean, I guess that's the only thing you could lose is them saying like, this person bugged me. They messed up. And you know what I mean? I don't know. No, I know. I know. But here's the thing. Why hasn't this person contacted me? Or have, why didn't they return? Like they've done nothing. Right. And I mean, these are clogs. They're probably like, it's your mistake. I ain't going to do anything. No, I know. I know. So the mystery has been solved. I lost overall. I lost about hundred twenty dollars in the whole fiasco, oh. which which hurt. It's a it's a lesson to learn. You know, you paid for a lesson. <laughs> but but what lesson? That was reselling one hundred and one. You need. I wouldn't do things any different. That's 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 where I would I, hope you'd do something different. What am I going to do different? Pack what? Pack? Choose my different time of day or something? Or no? I mean, you just. I'm not going to say you got to slow down, but but obviously. There was at some point you had no, you're the, right. The, the sticker urgency. and you put it on the wrong box or you printed the wrong. So yeah, there was there's three times, no, four times. So a couple seconds it takes to double check the uh, the stuff. I mean, it's a good lesson learned. But here's here's this craziness story. I thought I had it solved until the person that was supposed to get the clogs contacted me about the kurus. Then I'm like, oh my, 
Like I, like it, now I, now I know what happened. I think, I think our listeners have no idea are, are, are not able to follow this unless we were to make like a, like one of those <laughs> yeah. charts a of diagram, like the criminals yeah. with yeah. like the, like the strings attached to different people. But ultimately all the strings lead back to Orlando. <laughs> they do. I'll, I'll claim ownership. I'll claim ownership. It was my fault. Don't know how, but yes, hundred percent my fault. I made it right with everyone. No negative feedback. Hey, that's a win. And, you know, hopefully I get those ballet shoes and I, cause that person too wants the ballet shoes if, if I find them. So hopefully that works out. So, all right. That was a close one. Okay. What do you got before I go into my next one? How many do you got? You no, have, I you got too many two, stories, man. Two. Too many stories. I wanted right. to talk about Glitchgate a little bit. All right. So, um, Saturday morning comes, right? This is going to be a good Saturday and a bad Saturday at the same time. Bad right. Saturday because my wife and son uh, and in-laws are flying to Michigan to visit family. And so I'm going to go like a week without them, but I'm dropping them off at the airport early, like early, early. Like we got there like at like 4.30 in the morning. So sweet. I'm already kind of in town. I can pick any garage sale area in this area and I'm going to be the first one there. I've got nothing else to do. So I went and I got, oh, drove through McDonald's. I got some breakfast and I, you know, breakfast of champions stopped at, 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 uh, Bank of America and pulled out some cash. I go to the the area where there's a community garage sale and I, I pull over like around the corner from it because I'm there like an hour before people are even setting up. Like I'm early, early. That's cool because I got a book and I've got podcasts and I've got stuff I can do, right? So I park and I don't want to be a creeper park in front of someone's house, you know? So I park like... Oh, people kind of, do it all the time. I know, but like even still. So I this is like the entrance of the community and so I'm parked kind of, you know, the road that leads into the entrance of the community. So I park there, turn the car off, um, I'm just hanging out. I'm I'm listening to a podcast, but on my phone because, you know, I don't want to just sit with the car running. I don't want to run out the battery. So I'm just hanging out there and I'm reading a little bit. And then it's like, all right, it's about time for me to start the car and get into the neighborhood and start driving around. I'm going to do a first initial pass of these houses. Like this is still like half hour before, you know, garage sales start. But this is like, I'm see if anybody set up yet. Car he's won't that, start. He's that guy. Oh, car doesn't start. Okay. And I'm like, okay. I ran the batteries out, like batteries died. Like this is not okay. Right. Like car doesn't start, but I'm thinking like, this is so weird because I was not running the car. Like I, I didn't have lights on in the car. I didn't have the radio running. Maybe there was like a five minute period where I had the radio running without having the car on, but like not enough to kill the, the battery on the car. And so I'm like, this is not good. Right. So when I go into the back of the trunk, I'm like, okay, let's get the, the jumper cables. Hopefully I can flag someone down. No jumper cables. And it's like, that's rough. Five thirty in the morning, because you you're like the the always prepared guy. I know. Well, it it wasn't the car I normally drive. <laughs> it's our newer car, our nicer car. <laughs> okay. And and so I'm like, this is the worst, right? Like I'm here, I'm ready to. Re I can't even go walk into the neighborhood and walk around at these garage sales because I'm gonna have to like walk stuff back out to my car. It's just not gonna work. And so I'm like, this. What do I do? Right? There's nothing open nearby. There's a there's an auto zone that doesn't open until 7.30. Okay? Oh, my. And I'm like, it's got to be the and battery. you don't have AAA or anything? No. Um, in fact, I call a place that was like roadside assistance in the neighborhood that is in. So I'm in Poway. There's a place that's like two miles away that's roadside assistance, towing, whatever. And I call them up. And by the time I called them, it was like 6 or 6.30, something like that. And I'm like, hey, like, do you guys jumpstart cars? He's like, yeah, where are you at? And so I'm giving them all the information. And I was like, well, how much is it? And he said, well, first, like, I got to find out where you're at and blah, blah, blah. And 
what year your car is and all this stuff. So I'm giving him all this information and he's like, okay, well, it's going to be $40 for the service fee. Uh, and then it's going to be another 40 to $80 for the jump. And then it's going to, and I'm like, okay, never mind. And he's like, well, how much do you expect it to be? And I'm like, I don't know, not like 80 or 90 bucks. It is about 80 bucks. So I've had for it a jump. Before. Like that's yeah. crazy. I have, and that's the thing that's crazy to me is I have jump started mm -hmm. so many people. Like, like anytime I see somebody who like needs a jump, I always, yeah, not I, always. I, I would just, say probably 75% yeah, of the time, like yeah. I'll stop and I'll give them a jump. And if anybody asks and I, I have cables or they have cables, I always do it because I've been in that position before and it's the worst. And nope, like, like I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not paying $90 for you to jumpstart my car, especially because then I'm still going to have to drive somewhere. And because I'm not going to just like start it and drive because I don't know why it died in the first place. So I'm probably going to need to replace my battery, which means, you know, I'm still going to have to pay another $150, $170 for a new battery. So I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. And so like, I'm standing on the road and I'm trying to flag people down. No one would stop. One guy pulls over and I'm like so grateful for this guy. He's in a van. I can tell he's probably a reseller and he's like, he's already driven through the... the but he, he's probably a reseller because well, of the van? No, because he's driven through this this community okay. like three times before we finally okay. like pull up and stop. So I'm like, okay, he's waiting to see if... And he's going to another community and he's coming back. So he's waiting to be the first one too. And he pulls up and he's like, hey, you need a jump? And I'm like, yes. And he's like... And I said, but I don't have jumper cables. He's like, oh, I don't have them either. And he's like, maybe there's like something... Is there anything open around here? We can go get one. And I'm like, there's not, right? Because it's nice so too early. I know. I was just like, man, like... I, I I didn't even want to like, I mean, he could have maybe taken me. There's like four or five miles on the road. It was a Walmart and I could have gone in, but I'm like, man, I'm not going to put this guy through this. He's like helping me. I'm like, just thank, thank you so much for being willing uh, to help. But um, no. And then I was thinking, I, I'm just going to get when, when AutoZone opens, I'm going to get an Uber to AutoZone. I'm going to buy a battery. I'm going to come back and replace my battery. Right. Like that was my plan. And then finally I noticed I tried a couple I more. You could have gone through the community sale with an Uber. That would have been, no. you know what I mean? Like that would have been per minute. And my, no, that would have been too much. I just throwing it out there. That would have been a great, that would have been a YouTube. YouTube where they sourcing with, don't, don't, don't take our ideas. Okay. Sourcing, sourcing an Uber. Sourcing with an Uber. <laughs> and then teaching them while I'm doing it. Hey, come on, let me show you. Um, but like, I'm noticing it. This is a long winded story. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be no, so long. No, wait, but, this is a long winded podcast. But I go to start the car and I notice every so often, like as I'm waiting longer and as it's warming up outside, because I looked at the, the temperature and, and I'm standing outside freezing because the, the outside temperature was 40 degrees. That's what my car said. So it's cold. Um, some of you guys are laughing. That's not cold, but it is cold to us. San Diego cold. And because uh, I'm not dressed for 40 degree weather. And I notice it as it's starting to warm up, as it's getting a little bit later, it's already like seven o'clock now. And I go to start it and it's, it's cranking a little bit more. And then finally, like it just, for whatever reason, it turned over. It started. Like I got my car to start. Nice. So I drove over to the auto zone. I had like half hour to wait for them before they would open. And so I just sat in the car with the car running. because I'm afraid of turning it off and it not starting again. I'm, I'm like hoping the alternator is not wrong and it could still charge the battery up some. And then 7.30 hits. They don't open until 7.37. For whatever reason, they're late to open. And I go in, I'm like, can you get a new battery? Can you check it, see what it is? And they're like, yeah, we'll check it. But uh, I'm the only one here right now. I got to wait for somebody else to come in. I'm like, well, when is that going to happen? He's like, I don't know, maybe like eight. So then I'm like oh, sitting there goodness. at eight o'clock and I'm like, oh my goodness. This like, is such a terrible feeling. Like I feel terrible from the beginning. Like you were up early this entire time. Were you thinking I'm losing money? Like, I what was. Am I, missing out on? I was, but then like, I like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I was able to do it, but like, I was just, I was calm. I was collected. I was like, you know what? 
This is out of my control. I'm making all the right choices that I can make. Like maybe, maybe paying the $80 for a jump, but even still that wouldn't have got me into the garage sales because I still would have had to have waited until AutoZone opened to get a new battery because I'm not going to pull up to a garage sales, turn off my car, jump out and then try and start it again. You know what I mean? So, so different than I am. I would have paid the 80 I think I jumped me and just let my car running every time I jumped into the garage. Which which sometimes works, <laughs> which but sometimes safe. But sometimes you can't park close enough to yeah, true, you know true, what true. I mean? And so like I wasn't gonna do that. And, and so no matter what, I was gonna have to wait till 7 30. So I'm thinking like I'm I'm losing I'm losing out on those garage sales. There's nothing I can do about it. And I was calm. I understood that this was out of my control. Um, which kind of leads me into the quote of the week. Oh. Quote, quote of the, the week. week. Yeah. All right. So here it goes. It's a good one. Do you realize we were synchronized on that soundbite right there? Maybe that. Maybe I should take that. How did that happen? And I should add some music to it, and that'll be our quote of the week. I think soundbite. people thought we, you know, some in some cheesy way planned that. That was not planned. <laughs> it was like perfect harmony. <laughs> it too. was. Um, all right, here's the quote. Research shows that the best way to deal with negativity is to observe it without reaction and without judgment. Then consciously label each negative feeling and replace it with positive, compassionate, and solution-based thoughts. Who, who said that? So this is from Chris Voss, who is the, I think it's Chris Voss, is the author. And this comes from the uh, book, Never Split the Difference, which is going to be our next level up okay. review. That was planned. I planned that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. Okay, I see it. So yeah. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I was just trying to be positive the whole time. Um, and, you know, it, it did. It, it helped. I, I wasn't, I wasn't super negative because there's nothing I could do about it. And I know myself, like something I've been working on a lot lately is I get really, really frustrated and flustered at things. And then once that happens, every little thing becomes worse and worse and worse. And so I've been just trying to kind of step back and say like, I'm not going to be frustrated. If I'm doing everything I can do, like it is what it is. And so I handled it okay, I thought. Um, I was late to the garage sales. I still got a few things. Enough, I, I kind of did the math in my head. I'm like, I had to pay $170 for a new battery. I probably at least made $170 to $200 net profit during the day. So all things considered, it could have been worse, right? Like we could have been like on our way to the airport and stop somewhere to like do something and then not be able to stop. And then my wife missed her flight. You know, that reminds me of, this is a crazy story. So anyway, and I don't, I don't mean to discount your story. Your story was, I'm sorry, what you went through, that was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it was just this week, which is why it was random, you know? Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I had a, so I went to SeaWorld with my family. Okay. On the way home, we decided to go to Walmart. And we're like, I forget what we needed to get. So we're in Walmart, you know, and we're just shopping. And then we see this huge crowd gathering in front of the Walmart. I'm like, huh, it's kind of weird. Keep shopping, you know, no big deal. And then the crowd like keeps getting bigger. And I'm like, what is going Like, why is this a big deal? And I ask people I'm like, hey, what's going on over there? They're like, oh, this car just like lit up on fire and it's in flames. I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. I want to go check it out. I go out there, I look, it's my car. It was my car in flames. And I don't even know what, to this day, we have no idea. The investigators have no idea what happened. But here's the thing. It could have been worse. You could have been in it. That's what I mean. Had we not stopped at Walmart and parked and gone inside, we could have, that could have lit up on the freeway. It could have lived anywhere. But for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And that car went in flames. And as a result of that, you know, I ended up getting a different car. But, and here's the thing I moved, we didn't lose any like, you know, precious stuff or mm -hmm. whatever important stuff because I moved all that stuff out because all we had in there was, you know, the gear to go to, you know, SeaWorld, like, you know, chairs and whatever it was. You bring the, chairs to SeaWorld? 
yeah, you know, for I think it was like we were gonna picnic somewhere. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but oh my, like that could have turned out really. I still have a picture of that car. Like the car, you know, parts of it were melted down. It was pretty bad. Yikes. So, so I can relate with you. Like you just you never know, and yeah. things happen for a yeah. reason. Yeah, and you got to next thing too is never to. We've talked before in the past on the podcast, like we you can never minimize hardships and sufferings like there's real pain and hardships out there and we all go through it and some go through it way worse right but i think there is a point of keeping things in perspective of recognizing like no matter how bad things are it could be worse and that's not like that doesn't ease all of the pain but it does help you from making things worse and kind of wallowing in in, in pity and you know going back to those ideas like i mean gary v says a lot of times and you brought it up and I think it's a decent quote is like if there's any examples of somebody with the same situation as you getting through it if there's even one example then like then you don't have an excuse and I, I think kind of that same philosophy of like I'm going through this hardship but if there's even one example of somebody out there who's got things worse than me then like who am I to complain like I mean there there's there is hardships like I, I'm not not to minimize that but like it's so easy for us to be so inward focused about like how bad things are and then you know even with reselling you know keeping that and I think we're about to talk about some, you know, Glitchgate stuff. And it's like, things are rough. And like, you cannot take away from the fact that like, it's people's livelihoods. Like there's serious things on the, but it could be worse. And and not to say like, that doesn't say like, hey, stop complaining about it completely. But at the same time, if you keep that mindset, you at least are controlling the one thing you can control. And that's your own emotions. And if you can choose, I could either be happier in this or I could be sadder in this. Like, which would you choose? And being happier doesn't make the problem go away but it definitely feels a lot better than feeling worse about the situation. hundred percent. hundred percent. So leading into that. So, you know, and we'll talk about this in our current topics, but you know, Glitchgate is still going on, right? There's still, and the, the thing we've always said, I think I'm so glad that we kind of threw it all out there on that one random, mm -hmm. you know, where we got together and we just shared our thoughts on it because a lot of it's still true in the sense that, we don't know exactly, you know, if sales aren't happening, is it because of Glitchgate? You know, mm. is it because, or is it the economy or is it, you know, why aren't sales happening? Right. But there definitely is something going on. Like, and I don't know what it is now. Things have gotten better. And I want to share with that a little bit because, so I got to a place where, and I shared this with other, you know, we have like our reseller circle. We don't have our Bolo group, but you know, we have people that, you know, we've, develop friendship with in the community that we share some of our, our struggles. And, uh, you know, it was, I think it was like, yeah, it was Friday and I had until this past Wednesday and sales are pretty bad. And I needed to make a certain amount and no, it actually wasn't Wednesday. It was Monday and I needed to make a certain amount by the one the next Wednesday and sales were pretty bad. And you know me, I've shared this before. I like to pay all my bills with eBay and Amazon is for scaling, right? And so if I lose on Amazon, I'm okay. If I win on Amazon, I'm doing really well. Mm. But if eBay isn't doing well, then I have to dip into Amazon money, which is, I just, that's just my model. Mm. And so I had a certain amount that I have to pay, you know, myself to pay bills to make things happen. And so I'm like, this is not good. Like sales have been dead and any sales that I had were like, you know, $20 sale, $30 sale. Like I, I just, I wasn't getting the home runs that you need every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, bread and butter is what I run on, but the home runs definitely get you to the next level. Yeah. 
So I vowed that I was going to get 2000 listings, you know, by the weekend. I, did I share that in the last podcast? I don't know if I shared that. I, I know I talked about listing more, but you know, I, here's what happened. I honestly thought I could do it. And I did. I was at 18. I unofficially, I was at 1840 when I started officially, when I said it on Instagram and my stories, I was at about 1860. So man, I kept going and I learned some lessons through all this. First one is, and this is part of the, you know, we'll talk about Glitchgate is that listing is, and we already know this is the only thing you can't control. You can't control whether sales are going to come in. You can't control the offers, but listing you can't control, right? So the moment I just started listing, things didn't really happen. But two or three days later, man, did sales start kicking in. And I was selling, I was selling, I talked about this before. I was, I, no, I this isn't the live I talked about this. We went live on IG is I was listing junk. Mm. Not, not stuff that's junk, but Lord items that were like nine, $18 items. And I was listing these items to trigger the algorithm. And it was going to get me to my 2000 listing. Mm. So I kept listing, I kept listing, I kept listing and sales kept happening. What ended up happening was items that were $100, $200, even more started selling. Some of the, the items that I did list that were junk did sell right away. And so that happened. The other thing I learned too was that you can't, you can't let a few days of low sales determine your outcome about reselling, right? Because I did get to this place a few times where I'm like, you know, I can handle maybe this happening two or three times, but if this is a constant, like reselling stuff, mm. you know, I, I, I said this in one of our IG stories, reselling is not for the week, yep. especially if you go full time, it's not for the week. It, you know, part time, you know, you make that extra. I remember the good feelings about, wow, I just sold a shirt for 80 bucks. It's like, hmm, I'm going to go to a nice dinner, right? This time it's, I made 80 bucks. Hmm. I need to make another, you know, two, 300 to cover these bills, right? The other thing I learned in all of this was that when you list, and I knew this already, but you need to make sure that, and we talked about this in Don't Make Time Your Enemy, part D or three or whichever it was, that. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. You need to list a lot of the same. Right. And what ended up happening was I was trying to grab everything I could to make this. So all my clothing was already listed. Right. My helper took care of a, pretty much all of it. I had a few things I took care of. And so right now I need to source more clothing. I actually don't have enough to drop off to my helper. And so that's going to be part of what I'm going to be doing this next week. And so things slow down like really fast. I went, I got to, I got up to like 1880, 1890. I think I was about to hit 1900. And then the wall hit. Why? Because I had all these train things that I had to make sure the pieces were together, make sure they were clean. And so things really slow down. And on top of that, I kept getting sales, which was a good problem I have. So with that com compounded, I never even made it to 1900, mm. but <laughs> I reached my dollar amount. Yeah, I made it. So the reason I wanted to share that story was those three things, you know, one is listing is the only thing you control Two, you got to make sure 
that understanding that reselling, there are going to be those moments that you're going to be listening and listening and listening and nothing's going to happen. But in time, it should. As long as you research your item, you made sure there was profit, that should happen. And the other item, other item is make sure you're efficient when you're listing or it will bog you down. Because generally I try to list 15 to 25 items a day. But this time, you know, I got to a place where I was like, oh, if I list 50, if I list 100, I'll make, yeah, those numbers didn't happen because it was a hodgepodge. I'm listing shoes. I'm listing a railroad train. I'm listing a backpack. It just got kind of tough. Yeah. So, but made it through it. Hey, hey, that the dollar, the dollar goal is far more important than a arbitrary number of listings in a store goal. I agree. But it, it also made me think like, where will I be if I'm at over 2000? Hmm. You know, I definitely. Yeah. And I think one thing too, for people to realize is like, there's a big difference of being at 2000 when you're talking about one-offs versus some people who have only a handful of listings, but multiples of each, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, 2000, and cause there's probably several items in there that you have multiples of. So 2000 mm -hmm. probably is closer to, you know, several hundred more than Oh, that, I agree. Yeah. You know? I see what you're saying. But, um, but yeah, that's, that, that's, a, that's a lot of items. And I think too, the other thing is, I don't know if you've ever like really looked at like the, estimated value of your whole store like oh, everything yeah. sold that it's that's my estimated value well yeah so <laughs> you take that and you figure like okay what's the what am i actually percentage wise going to take less than that and then shipping and cost of goods and stuff but like you could still look at like your actual capital and not just the the flu or the uh the liquid capital money cash you could buy stuff but all of your items like that's part of your net worth you know like that that is what your store is worth and so as your store grows in in listings you're also worth more as a store. So that's a big deal. I agree. And one thing I do want to make sure people understand is just because you double your listings doesn't mean you're going to be doubling your income. Right. I think that's a huge misnomer. I, you know, I thought that I thought, Hey, once I got to 500, I got consistent sales. If I go to a thousand, I'm going to double. Then if I get to 1500, I'm going to triple. And that just wasn't the case. Now, will it get you a lot closer? Sure. It will. Right. And again, it all depends on what you're sourcing. Yep. Items that you source. I mean, you can have, a hundred listings and be making significantly more money than somebody who's got 800 listings, right? Like, oh, yeah, there's some people I know that have 700 and they actually sell through that 700 within the month. Holy cow. Right. And they make, they're making more money than I do. Yep. Right. So there's different models out there. There's, there's individuals I know that do auctions and they auction everything off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, source Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then they go through and they just go through that cycle over and over again and they make good money. Hmm. So there's different models out there should try that with like a certain number of items. Just like pick, pick a week and just say like everything I source this week, I'm going to auction and whatever money I make from that auction, I'm going to do the same. Like just try it. There, there, there are people that do that huh. and they're successful. So I see the wheel spinning. Mike, I can see Mike coming in next week. So I just sourced and I auctioned off everything and now I'm a guru. Yeah. I'm going to sell on a course. I'm so you course. Buy it. All right. You have anything else you wanted to share about our stories? Uh, nope. All right. Hey, so before we keep moving, hey, just want to remind you guys, we're on social media too. If, if Well, most yeah. of you probably found us through social media, but if you haven't, yeah. make sure to follow us. There's a lot of info that we drop on Instagram or things that we share. We are Pure as a Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. We're trying to grow our TikTok. Welcome to all of you that have found us through TikTok. And we're also, you know, we're working on Facebook. Facebook, I think, is the toughest one to get back to. But thank you guys that follow us on Facebook. You guys share a lot of knowledge, too, with yeah. us on Facebook. Really appreciate that. We're Pure Cast on Twitter. 
You can always email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. Give us a call. Uh, 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to see some of the awkward visuals that we discussed, <laughs> you can come over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button so you're notified. And, you know, we'll be dropping a few videos here in the near future. So some things that we have kind of in the works. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. This week. This my, week. My, uh, my wife's out of town, so I got more time to work on oh, stuff. Oh, there we go. There we go. There's some projects I'm excited about. Some that will either be winners or will just flop. But yeah. we'll see what happens. That's everything in life. That is everything in life. And hey, if you, uh, did I cover everything? Okay. And if you ever want to say thank you in a monetary way, there is that PayPal link below. Thank you so much to all of you that have helped support us in a financial way. And as always, you know, reviews. Love the reviews. So if, you know, go to iTunes. Write us a review. Hopefully it's a five star. I'm hoping all of them are five star, but you know, maybe we'll fall to a four, but hopefully never less. We'll, we'll do that thing that like people do sometimes when they ship eBay boxes. I think it's a great idea. Um, if you're happy with this, please, you know, give us a review. If not, please contact me. Like, don't just leave a negative. Like if there's something we Hit can us up fix, in the DMs. Yeah, DM us, let us know, you know, unless you like hate us and want our podcast to sink and fail. There's no point in like giving us that, a that one thumbs review, down, you know? That one thumb down on every, every video. Well, yeah. it's not on every video, but it's there. It's there. I, I don't yeah. know. Whoever you are, let us know what's wrong. Um, yeah, and either, either we'll fix it or we you can go help. somewhere else. Like there's no, you know. <laughs> but anyways, appreciate <laughs> every single one of you. Even those of you that, you know, are our, 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 our biggest, you know, our biggest, you know, I can't wait till this next episode. I just listen because I want to critique. Hey, we appreciate all of you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being there from day one as we get closer to episode 100. Yes, and in your ideas. So, all right, current topic. So, so we uh, we posted an interesting <laughs> TikTok the other day about Glitchgate. Um, actually, we posted two of them. So, but uh, here's the thing. Glitchgate is, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know. And... And I think anytime anything happens now on eBay, we automatically tie it to the same event. Mm. You know what I mean? So some things that have been happening. Have you had, have you had, have you, how's your sales been? Great. We, they've been great. Lovely. Okay, good. That's Part good. of it is our, we, we've, we've, we continue to list more and more. Right. Okay. And so like you were saying earlier, I think that that's the one thing we can control and it's helping. Now, again, I've got nothing to compare it to. So I can't say mm. what my sales would be like right now, if it wasn't for some issues going on, right? Like maybe they'd be higher. Uh, but every week our store is re reaching a new maximum like listings that we've ever had before. And so sales have been pretty consistent and we've had some big items sell. So I've got nothing to complain about. But then at the same time, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's the one thing I will say. And and with other resellers that, and some of you might disagree. And I, you know, I, I can't tell you why, but I will tell you listing is the constant one factor that will make sure that sales happen. Listing, listing. And I'm not talking about one or two or five. I'm talking about, you know, 15 to 25, even more so. I know somebody that follows us who's awesome and, you know, they're very up north to us, but they actually have two stores and they have like 2,600 or something listings. And man, they list 25 constantly, right? And the sales have not stopped for them. Mm -hmm. So, and for two reasons, even if there is no algorithm, right? Which, I think anecdotally, a lot no, of people, there is an algorithm. Okay, but <laughs> but even if the, there's an algorithm, but even if that algorithm doesn't reward listing. Oh right? yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Right. So if that's not the case, 
just having more items yep. in your store makes the the likelihood of you selling something go up, right? Like just by the very nature of increasing the the, the items in your store. So no matter what, listing more items is going to lead to more sales. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And so just keep listing, right? And especially now that we get to Q4, I don't think glitch. Why'd you move away? I didn't move. I, I was just adjusting. Mike, Mike just moved away from me. It's a it's a rolly chair. So one little movement it shot <laughs> okay. me over. All right. So because Mike's been telling me that we got to sit closer, you know, for our, our shot on YouTube. Oh no, that's that's in our interviews. <clears throat> different. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, you know what? I just got a different I just, camera. I just do what I'm told. Hey, if you guys notice, like if you watch us on YouTube, um, hopefully the video quality is always really good, except for when we do interviews. I have a good webcam, but webcams are not meant for uh, two people sitting apart from each other. Webcams are meant for individuals, so it doesn't know how to white balance and adjust the the. It's, yeah, no, I they know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the focus is not so great on the interviews. All right, we're gonna so, fix it though. What was I talking about before we just something about Glitchgate? I'm sure. Uh, no, thanks. Okay, so so sales again. Keep listening. I whatever I was gonna say, somebody's gonna say, "Hey, yeah. you never finished your thought." Yeah. That thing, that really important thing. Let's okay, do that too. <laughs> All right, but hey, I've had issues where I was unable to print labels. That was super frustrating. Now, the workaround whenever eBay does this, hey, you know, error or can't print this, I just go to pirate ship. Yep, and I'm able to print the label. And sometimes it has these crazy. It'll come up with this crazy like the shipping address is off, but it's not off. So I just go to pirate ship and I print it and it's all good. And I upload the tracking to eBay. So you're good. So that's an easy work. Most of you probably Perfect. knew about that. And then there's the other thing when I'm trying to pay my eBay invoice and I'll say, I'm going to like an unsafe site. I'm like, what is going on? Hmm. But what I learned with, with technology is if you, as long as you keep refreshing or restarting things eventually fix. So that's been, that's been able to fix. Then I've, the other issue is buyers unable to pay. That's been, that's been painful. Is that happening to a lot of people? Yeah. Hmm. And I've had a few where people were like, yeah, I tried pain. And then it just, you know, and eventually things worked and it kicked in. So hmm. I don't know. There's been others that have been saying that whatever was done, it was big enough that it affected various aspects of eBay. Yeah. I mean, I believe it. Like when updates come out, a lot of times there's bugs that that people don't foresee, you know, and, and the hard part is you can beta test so much, but it's not until like the rollout of a big update that, the problems are going to start coming out. Yeah. So again, there is no, there is no timeline, but I will say the best thing you can do is just list, list quality. I the same thing. Buy low, sell high, list quality items, list a lot. And you know what? For now, I don't think Glitchgate is big enough to overcome Q4. Q4 will definitely fix things. Q4 is greater. It's the greatest denominator. Hey, so it should definitely make things better. So that was my thoughts on Glitchgate. Now, that tied into that is the eBay Q3 report. So, you know, the earnings. So it's kind of interesting, right? Because, you know, like with all, and again, we're not a news source, but I, I thought this was important to share or on multiple things. The first one is, I know, I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to get the website here on the, and my MacBook died. So oh, this is no. going to be off the top of my head. So, so, here's, so the earnings report was there's, there's the eBay and the Amazon. We'll talk about the Amazon, but the eBay one was that there's a lot more buyers, but not as many products sold. Do you know what I'm saying? And, okay. it, and it's been flat and it keeps, and they're actually we were reporting 
that this Q4 wasn't going to be as strong as far as items sold. So I don't know. I kind of struggle with it. And and eBay was showing strong numbers, but it's because they're buying a lot of their stocks back. So with all that said, that's all I wanted to say is can't control any of that. You just can't. You just, just keep, I'm not saying keep doing what you're doing, but you know, we've talked about this. We talked about cross posting. We talked about having different options, right? But I don't think eBay is going anywhere. And it's very possible that once this glitch gate is fixed, once managed payments is finally, you know, everybody's under it, right? You're not under managed payments yet, no, are you? Not yet. Nope. Okay. That's been the other one. Some people haven't been paying, been paid out. Hmm. Imagine that. That's, yeah. that's got capital sitting there. Ooh. So, but I truly. Frozen capital. I truly believe that once all this is resolved, it's going to be a better buyer experience. Because if we're getting more buyers, right? And maybe some of the reasons that items haven't sold is because of some of these glitches. Once all this gets resolved, I think EV is going to come out stronger next year. Just my thoughts. I mean, I hope so. We I mean, I hope. I'm not just trying to be optimistic. I, I really, I really believe that. And again, you know, eBay is still trying to, you know, they're probably have some search team. They're trying to find that right CEO to guide the company. And I don't know. I mean, I'm going to look at this and encourage Maybe, Maybe you should be the CEO. No, 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 no. I mean, you've already got the eBay tattoo. You can just put underneath it, CEO. Yeah, are you really going to call me out? Listen, eBay's my bay. I, I can't. Even though eBay, it's been rough. It's been rough. eBay is still my go-to and my primary. And eBay does not try to compete with me at all. So we'll talk about another company that does that in a little bit. Speaking of Amazon. So Amazon reported lower quarter earnings. I think it went from 2.8 billion to 2.1 billion. But this is why they're focused on one day shipping and they've lost a lot of money. What are your thoughts on that? I think Amazon's, uh, it's genius. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that there are going to be maybe some investors, because really when you're talking about those kinds of earnings, what you're really worried about is how stakeholders are going to respond to it, right? And I tell you what, if a bunch of stakeholders start dropping Amazon because they're worried about one quarter's low... Oh, they're not going to. Right. So that's the only difference it's going to make because they're still paying their employees. They're 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 still growing as a company. Now, where they're really growing... I mean, Amazon for the longest time ran in a, just a complete yeah, deficit. They're, they're used to this. Yeah. So this is not a bad thing because what they're doing... And, and we're feeling this in eBay, right? Like we're feeling this as resellers on eBay is because of the push for free and fast shipping we as eBay sellers are are hurting. eBay is hurting trying to keep up with it, right? So if Amazon can pretty much squash all of their competition by running, they're not running at like a huge deficit. They just lost a little bit of their money to be a service that like is... is just a few billion, but you know. Well, but yeah, if you consider the oh, fact... millions. But if you consider the fact that they're changing the industry, if they can make it expected that every customer is like, I need one day shipping and they're the only ones doing it, everybody's going to, they're literally buying every single customer they can buy mm -hmm, with that money, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing they're doing is they're forcing other companies to do it. Now, can Amazon take that kind of loss? I think so, right? Like the, the, they've got such a hold on the market. Now, could all the small competitors take that kind of loss? Probably not to the same extent. No, I think Walmart's the only competitor and they're losing, they lost a billion last yeah, year. And, and so it's one of those things. It's almost <clears> like a, it's almost like a sacrifice. Like, like I think about it like, when you play chess, right? Like I, I love playing chess. Is sometimes you sacrifice one of your pieces 
and, and when I mean sacrifice, I'm not saying like I'm losing it to do this other thing, but like if you have the advantage. So in chess, one of the big strategies that the, the, the grandmasters use is if you have advantage, peace advantage, if you got one more piece than your opponent, start trading off. Trade piece for piece, piece for piece. Because once you get down to nothing, having the only piece left on the board is way better, right? Because you're the only one with power. So if you've got a little bit of advantage, you trade off, you trade off. And so they're kind of, I think, at a place right now where they're trading off. They're saying, we have the advantage over our competitors. So we'll we'll take a little bit of a loss, but we're going to force them to do the same and we're going to have an even greater advantage, right? And so I, I don't look at that as like they're losing money. I think they're making a very strategic choice. Now, could it be that this is wrong, that they, they make, they're making the wrong choice and they would have been better off not doing one-day shipping? Maybe, but I know as a, as a customer, I enjoy it. And I so, love it. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm noticing that this is why... So Amazon put together that in order to sell stuff for Black Friday... To have stuff ready to go for FBA, you have to get into the warehouse by November 6th. I'm like, November 6th? Like, I ship stuff out all the time, and in three days, they're checked in. Well, what I'm noticing now is I don't get as many split shipments. I get maybe two, and one of them is always in California. And it's a huge shipment. And I'm like, oh, sweet, my stuff is ready to sell. No. They all go, and then they get Distributed out. Yep. Transferred. It's happened... Every single time. So we're back in the day, I used to be excited about the fact that, hey, this is all going to one location. Now I'm like, no, like that just, and it's been about seven days from the moment it ends up at the warehouse that I ship it to, to eventually end up to its final destination. Hmm. So I get why they push those dates, but this is what they've been saying is that they're doing all this because of one day shipping, right? They want to have everything that, and that's how one day shipping will work. If, if everything gets transferred to one location and you're nearby, you can get that thing in one day. Mm -hmm. That's intense. So I see Amazon working and here's the two takeaways for Q4 here. One is you, you, you know, merchant field is good, but I think FBA is going to be the winner. It was the winner the last few years. And I think it's ultimately going to win over merchant fulfilled because even though you might have that product on hand, which I'm still going to do merchant fulfilled, you know, especially for those hot items. If e if if Amazon, I wish eBay could, but it, you know, eventually, hey, they they have their. I wonder if their FBA program is going to kick in too. Their managed delivery yep. system, right? I haven't heard much about that mm -hmm. recently. But if Amazon, they did lose the CEO, so you know. No, I know. Maybe I know. that went with them. I don't know. I you know, okay. The white background beta testing. I'm wondering where that's at. You know, you know what's weird. So we posted that video on TikTok. TikTok removed the volume from that video. I saw that. And it said that we decided not to, well, they don't want our our audio played. What? But I never did anything. Ooh, so that's did, a conspiracy. So did other powers, you oh, know? Oh, man. Anyways, just throwing so it out So are you saying, that means, that means your bay is out there. Uh, I don't know. Like, stuff in the, the deep state. That, that... Throwing it they out got, they got their hands in social media like TikTok. Because we That's... do have an eBay, you know, person there, you know, sharing and everything with us. And so maybe they couldn't get the video pulled down, but maybe they get the audio pulled down. So mm. anyways, just messing around. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. That is weird. That was weird. Okay. So going back to this, FBA will be the winner over Merchant Fulfilled because, you know, the thing about Merchant Fulfilled is people can get things instantly. Right. Right. They don't have to wait for it to get to the warehouse. But if if they can get it one day, right? Think about that. Like, think about you may have FBA sales up until the 23rd 
maybe even the 24th, right? With one day shipping. So I, I really think for me, it's, you got to fill the warehouses. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's a given, but even more so now. The other, the other thing is that this is definitely going to, I would say this, you know, it's going to be harder, I would say. And I think, I think, I think that there's plenty to go around, but if you're on other platforms trying to do RA, like it's going to be, it's going to make it tougher for you. Right. Because not, you know, it just because now you have somebody that you, it's really impossible for you to be a seller on another platform to do one day shipping. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how that's possible. Right. I mean, it's, unless it's in state, right. If somebody buys something from me in San Diego, I could do one day. I don't know. No, I don't even think it's possible still. That I don't know. You drop it off at nine in the morning and it'll get there somewhere by 5 p.m. Same I don't know. day is what you're saying? Yeah, same day. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think post office always does this whole it's supposed to be there in two days, but we don't guarantee it, right? You've seen that with priority? Like, well, we guarantee it'll be three days, but we can't guarantee. I'm like, well, why do you say three days then? Yeah. Right? But Amazon says it, it's gonna happen. Well, sometimes I've ordered many a thing from Amazon that's two day and it doesn't show up in time. Mm-hmm. And then like no real explanation, just like your shipment change. But every time you call them, man, they will, they bend over backwards to make it right. Yeah. So much so that they'll charge you. Like what happened to me is I ended up, ha- I quote unquote gave a $5 refund because Amazon missed their fulfillment prom- promise. <laughs> what? What? Really? Amazon? Really? Hey, would you, would, would you give it up? Would you sure. Give up Amazon? Sure. And okay. This is what I wanted to point out. So let's get to our next point here. So Amazon, and I don't know what's happening right now, but Amazon sent out two notices. This was on The Verge. Is The Verge a reliable source? No, okay. I don't know. All right. Now, I know one part is true. So supposedly some people got, and maybe you did let us know in the comments, some people got a notice that you will no longer be able to sell Nintendo on Amazon. And a bunch of people got this. Supposedly, Amazon retracted the, that and said they, this was done in error. Then another notice, and I got this notice saying that from this point forward, after the 31st of October or whatever date it was, you have to be approved by Amazon to be able to sell Nintendo products. Now, I've only seen two videos about people being upset about this. This is another platform floodgates would be filled. Amazon, I think, has come to a place that they can just literally like beat people and we're like, we're still making money. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, part of it is you, you, know you can't bite the hand that feeds you. And I think the other part of it is realistically, I think when you talk about resellers on Amazon, at least from what I gather, the amount of people who do retail arbitrage on Amazon versus that do the type of selling that we do on eBay is it's much smaller. Right? Like very mm-hmm. few people do the retail arbitrage the same way Amazon. And so the amount of people who would be upset about things is just smaller. Compared to eBay, anything that happens on eBay ah, is going to affect all saying. the That's sellers. a good point. No, you're right. You're right. It's a great point. Even though, you know, the, the secondary market on eBay is really small in comparison to the bigger pie, you know? But I see what you're saying. And so what happened is that, you know, people automatically stressed out and thought, that what happened, do you, I don't know, you weren't around for this, but 
they did the same thing with Apple. People were able to sell Apple mm-hmm. and then Amazon said no one can sell Apple. Only Apple can sell Apple. I'm like, and people were worried about Nintendo. So now that sounds you, like an Apple thing. Apple, they force you in their sandbox. Oh yeah. They definitely. I mean, they don't think about it, the dongles that you have to buy for the new phones. <laughs> Crazy. I know, but I still think Apple is a superior product. Oh, you might be right. We have an endorsement coming, but I'm joking. <laughs> so okay. But we'll have to only have our podcast on iTunes. Can't be on anything else ooh, because ooh. But most of our listeners are on iTunes. So anyways, okay. <laughs> Hopefully we don't lose any Android users. Now this No, is, trust me. They they they're happy that I'm standing strong for Android. Yes. I, yes. I'm I know the truth. Team Android. All right. So again, I always throw this warning out. You never know when Amazon's gonna drop this hammer. There are people that have contacted me and told me that they've been selling for years. And now they can't sell Nintendo. I automatically went to Nintendo items and that it said restricted. I requested approval and I got auto approved. So if you've been selling for a while, you still may get auto approved. It may be certain things. So for example, at one point in time, I couldn't sell a Mario Kart on the Wii on Amazon. And that was because I think there was too many sellers on there. Mm. Another time I couldn't sell. I forget what it was. It was some video game that Nintendo had. Because the listing was incorrect. It wasn't that they gated, just they gated that one because they were concerned about that. So supposedly Nintendo, something happened that there was a lot of counterfeit Nintendo stuff that was being sold. Some people were blaming GameStop, which is kind of crazy. But ultimately, you really got to be careful with Amazon. But you got to understand that's the sandbox that you're in. And you just got to roll with it. So Nintendo's a big seller for me. They're in Q4. So... Luckily, I checked it all and I'm ungated, but, you know, try to get auto-approved. You might just get auto-approved and maybe it's not as big as we think or maybe it is. Yeah, and I think we might need to start a, uh, I mean, I don't know if it'll happen this An Q4. Amazon support group? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen this Q4 because you're so, you're going to be getting really, really crazy busy here pretty soon. I know that. Uh, but I now that now that my wife is home and doing the reselling full-time, I need to take Amazon a little more serious and uh, seriously and I remember when we started Pure Podcast, I didn't know anything about eBay and there was kind of this journey. And so I'm almost thinking should be this like sub series we do a Pure Podcast of like you teaching me Amazon, right? Because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of, because a lot of what you say to people like me who, who understand kind of the Amazon world, but aren't in it, it's like, yeah, auto approval and all of this. That's great for people. And I hear a lot of people say like, if you were in a long time ago and selling, but like, what does it look like now? It might even be good for you to see, like, what does it look like to be a brand new in Amazon? Like, what do the new resellers face? Because it, it's, it's tough. It's a different world. Yeah, it's tough. And what I will say, too, is that it's better now for me to say anything about how to do things on Amazon than a year ago. Mm. Right? Because you learn. Right? Especially when you go full time, you handle your business a lot better. Right? And so... It's something that, you know, I joke around about, I'm not joke around, but I talk about that I'm way more strategic in Amazon now. And so probably it's better that now, <laughs> right? Than a year ago, right? Because a year ago, I was like, oh, we're, we're good. We're good. And I'm like, nope, like I'm not going to make that, that mistake again. So, all right. So let's get back into a little eBay. So do you know about how to close out a return if they don't ship it back after five days? Have you done that at all? Um, I don't think I've had to do that. There's been a couple of times people have asked for returns. And then when I've said like, okay, ship it, they just don't. And then 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I've had to close it out, but I've not refunded them, right? Like, yeah. So the policy is after they request return, right? So I have auto approval on the returns. Like, if somebody wants oh, a return, okay. I don't have that. So maybe that's the difference. Okay. Well, no, no, it's not, it's the same thing. I mean, you you can approve it or not, but you know, let's say let's say you don't and you approve it. Once it's approved, they have five business days to ship it back. Mm. On the sixth business day, you should be able to call eBay and say, hey, this person said they're going to return it. I never got anything. There's no tracking. Can we close this case? And they'll close it automatically for you. Right? There's a part of me that goes, that's kind of weird. Like, mm. <laughs> If you have a 30-day return policy, they technically should have, you know, whatever days are left after the request to return. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I'm just looking at it as a buyer. Right. Right. Because, you know, I've had multiple items where I'm like, I'm going to return this. And then I look and it's, you know, Amazon gives me, I think it's a, it's a pretty big window. Yeah. And I wait till like the day before the big window, right? Yeah. Five business days is small. So we're, I would say, and I know I might get flagged for this, but I, I think it's, it's pretty nice that eBay does this for sellers, <laughs> right? Because what if the person, you know ended up in the hospital for five business days or, you know, like something happened, they got busy. But here's what I, here's what some people have told us is that eBay has been telling them we can't close it. We're going to extend it. We're going to give them another week. I'm like, Oh, now when I dug deeper into it, this is why that was, I think it was happening to the people. If you have somebody that requests a return and they don't come communicate with you, they don't put tracking, they do absolutely nothing. Then I think eBay is completely willing to close it. If the person says, hey, I'm, I need to get to it in two or three days or they upload some kind of tracking, but they don't ship it, ship it or they do anything extra outside of the request, then I think eBay is going to call for the extension. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there's this idea that of like doing your due diligence. Right. Mm-hmm. And if from our end as the seller, it's like, hey, like we've we've done our part and they haven't done anything like I've got this capital now that's like, do I have to pay them back? Do I not? What do I like? I'm in a position where that's not fair to me. Um, and then I think it makes sense for eBay to side with you. But yeah, if, if the customer is doing at least showing that they've got the intent 100% to send it back to you, because you got to imagine like this might not make a big deal if you're talking about a $20 item, but imagine it's like a $500 sale, right? And you're talking about a return, right? Do I have to give them this $500 back or do I have this as capital to go buy something else? Like that's a big deal. Like, do, can I buy this other thing or do I need to worry about like sending that? Like that's, mm-hmm. I got to do my taxes and my numbers, like all of this stuff matters. And if it's like, Hey, I've, I, I told them I would do it and they haven't done anything. They haven't contacted me. Like I'm sitting in limbo here. But if, if the customer is like showing that they're, they're willing to make their turn, then now at that part, you've got every reason to believe hundred percent. I need to give them this money back. I don't have it as capital. Right. So I, that makes sense to me, right? Like if the customer does something, if they're willing to reach out and say, okay, I need an extension or um, it's going to be a little longer. Here's, you know, the tracking number or what's, whatever it is, then it shows for sure that they're moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So it's just something to be aware about. So make sure, you know, you close out that case on a sixth business day and just be aware that maybe if something happened between the time they requested return, that email may change things, which... If they do, I think they really need to put that in writing. But is it in writing that they they close it after yes. five days? Yes. Okay, that's that's in writing. Okay, so. well, and that makes sense. What about the um, we talked about a couple episodes ago? Yeah, that's what I was. The thinking. idea of um, if you get an offer in order to kind of combat the layaway system, and this is an interesting idea that came up, 
is to decline the offer and lower the price of the item and let them know like, hey, I've lowered the price of the item to this. Did now this was like there was positives and negatives on both sides of this. Did you try it? Yeah. So this is part one of the experiment. So again, thank you, Allison. Big thrift thrift. Big drift thrift. Allison, just put smiling smiling and laughing emojis. Okay. All right. You know who you are on Instagram. You're awesome. So she has suggested that this is what she does. So just real recap real quick. Basically, if somebody sends you an offer, you decline. And in that decline, you let them know, hey, I'll adjust the price. You know, I'm still going to accept it. Uh, you know, and so I'm going to adjust the price. You have a certain amount of time and then direct that person to, you know, they'll go back to it. And if they really meant what they said, they're going to accept it. And they have to pay right there because if somebody doesn't accept offer either way, they don't have to pay right away. And that's how you end up with eBay layaway because the person never pays or they hold on to it for a while or whatever it is. This way they have to automatically pay. So it took me a little while to get there. And I, I tweaked it a little bit. Mm. I wanted to see things. So it took me getting annoyed to finally do it. So, you know, I got two or three good offers and I accepted. No one paid. I'm like, what? Stop it. Like eBay, if there's any, you know, I initially accepted the explanation of like, well, it's this way because back in the day, people used checks and money orders. I don't know if I'm okay with the explanation anymore. Like there has to be a solution. There has to be a solution before we all get managed payments, but we're in Glitchgate. So let's just fix that before we try to fix that. Right. So what I did is after being annoyed, I said, okay, I'm going to try this out. If a person has a good enough offer, that's really close. They're most likely going to pay. Right. Usually you don't get somebody that's within five to $10, Mm. especially on a big priced item. Cause what I find is people that are by my, I would say more expensive items. They never give me a problem. It's always the low ballers that give mm. me problems, right? Right. And so I decided that I'm going to do this with the low ballers. Those that give me close enough, you know, offers, I'm going to accept. Now, the other issue I had was when you send offers, you're stuck. Yeah. Right. So I sent a bunch of offers and people accepted them and then they didn't pay. Mm. Right. But I would say probably 80% of the time they paid. So what I did is, if people brought close enough, I just accepted the offer. Most of them paid. I would say nine out of 10. Today was the first time that I had somebody that did not pay. And I'm thinking, you have to remember, there people aren't like us on our phones, right? They're at home. They send an offer. They go out with their family. Right? Yeah, I feel I, like most people are on their phones all the time. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think 90% of people always are on their phone. Yeah, but they're not like they don't have the eBay app downloaded. Yeah, they they don't have the same eagerness to like respond on eBay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, you know, some might just send an offer on their desktop and then they go hang out with their family and they're like, oh, I'll get back to it tomorrow. And if they accept it, I'll pay them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's reality. What I've been doing, I've been applying what was suggested on the lowball offers. And it's been beautiful. And part of my concern was that it was going to affect the algorithm, right? Because you're declining, you're not trying to make sales, but I haven't seen it affect the algorithm. Sales were still now. I don't, we don't know, right? Maybe I could have had more sales, right? We don't know. But on the low, I'll give you one story here. So I had somebody who had, it was a shirt that was $59.99. And they sent me an offer of $20. I'm like, so annoyed, right? So I countered with, 
Uh, I didn't counter. I just, I said, fine. It was a slow day. I said, listen, I'm willing to do $29.99. You know, I declined it. I'm willing to do $29.99. I'm adjust the price to $29.99. And if you want to buy it, it's there for you. Crickets. Right? Then out of nowhere, I get a, an offer for $21. I'm like, what? Stop it. So I said, okay, you know what? I'll go to 25 for you. Right? This was, you know, a slow day. So I just want to get things triggered. And so I said, I'll adjust it to 25. Nothing. Nothing, right? Which I was happy about in the sense that my listing is still out there, right? Because with this eBay layaway, no one else can buy your item, right? They, if you accept the offer or they accept the offer and they don't pay, it's there. And I had two watches on this item. So I'm like, hey, well, maybe this other person will see the 25. And yeah, but that it. doesn't really sound exactly like the the concept of the idea, though, because if they say 21 and you say 25, basically, you're just sending a counter offer. You're just lowering the price. Correct. Now, the, the idea, I think the reason why some people push back against this idea is if they sent you 25 and you're like, I'll accept that. I'm going to change it to 25. Mm. You might lose go, the person. You lose the person, right? Yeah. So so you reducing the price of the item, which I think there's something to be said for that and declining their offer as opposed to just sending a counter offer. The nice thing about that is if you were willing to take that price, somebody else might be snagging at that price, right? And you mm. don't have them sending offers because I feel like some people don't even send offers because they might not know that. Well, thing. something I, I recommended to eBay, not that we're important or anything, was like, hey, if somebody accepted an offer or you send an offer and that person hasn't paid, that listing should still be live until yeah. that person pays. I think they should do that. eBay, if you're listening, you do it. Like, it'll make a ton of us happy. I mean, there's still going to have to be some kind of time frame where a person has to pay it, right? Because, like, like it's, yeah, it'd I agree. Be, so, but then the problem is, what is that time frame? Is well, it they have an 40, hour? No, they have 48 hours now. Okay, but so then... Or, or depending on your unpaid item case, it could go four days. It could, it could go minus four days. Right. So, the point that I'm trying to make is, if, if they accept an offer, but the item is still out there, let's say they're like, all right, now, okay, what credit card do I want to use? And it's like, oh, I'm going to go to dinner. I'll pay for this when I get back. And we're talking like a two, three hour window here. And then somebody else decides to buy it. And it's like, no, I bought that. Like, I, you know what I mean? So Too bad. You didn't pay. Yeah. But what's that number? Like, there's got to be a number. Right? <laughs> no, Is I know, it five I minutes? Like, what if you're in the process of putting in your credit card information and then somebody else buys it? No, I, I, I hear you. It's just, I hate it. You know, most of the time it's not a few hours. Right? No, I agree. Right. It's a long time. So I think the point though is like that you they have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So where's that line? How Don't many know. hours is it? I I would say 12 hours. Okay. That, that's a good amount of time. Now, what I found is this happened multiple times. All these low ballers, like the, the guy contacted me. Yes, this happened yesterday. Contacted me today and said, oh, I didn't have enough for the 25. I'm going to do it today. And then they sent me an offer of 21. So I did the thing again. I adjusted to 25. Guess what? The guy hasn't paid. So next step is I'm raising the price and I'm blocking this person. And guess what? Why block? I don't have the time to waste anymore. I've gone through three, this three or four times. But, but you're putting that time on yourself. Like what if that person eventually buys the item a couple, like they're, they're not just, like us. They're going to be a problem later on. If they can't get their act together to pay me the first time, and then I even lower the price, pay me the second time. Then the third but, time but, act like you don't have the money. I don't want you as my buyer. Okay. I, I, I just don't. I see that, but it's not like they agreed to that price. Like you. No, they agreed to the 25. They agreed. They, they said. They, so, so they sent you a $25 offer? No, they sent. 
They said at 21, they said, oh, you counter me, at, counter offered me at 25, right? And I said, yeah, or some of that effect. They knew it was 25. Then they counter offered me a 21 and say, they didn't have yes, enough yesterday for the 25. Here's the 21. Well, if I countered you at 25, that means I'm not accepting your 21. So either you pay up or you go away. I'm, I'm so, it's enough time wasted. All right. Enough time wasted. That's just me. Like, but here's the beauty of it all. Thank you, Allison, for this. Is that my item has been listed the entire time. So you're worried that like, had you have counter offered at 25, they would have bought it at 25 and just not paid? Correct. Okay. And I've been eBay layaway. And I, I don't, I'm not a fan of eBay layaway. It, it's super frustrating. So, so part two of the experiment will be those people that, you know, send me an offer that's close that I think is going to be a good buyer. I'm going to try it with them and see if, you know, if it, if I end up. But why try it with them if you think that <laughs> because statistically. Because I, I want to know if, if I'll get my money 100% of the time by doing it that way instead of 80% of the time. That's why just experimenting. All right. Now, if sales are slow and I need to make money, I don't know if I'm going to experiment as much, you know, but it's been great, Allison. I really appreciate my listens being live the entire time and, and getting those low ballers just to go away. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. It's a good idea. I'm not, I'm not sure where I land on it yet, but I, I definitely think it has its merits. And the hard part is with anything like that, unless when you're talking about like doing testing to figure out numbers, statistically, you need to have like thousands of examples to know for sure one way or the no, other. I right? Agree. So right. we don't, we don't have a, a high enough um, data, you know, to, to work with. So, uh, but you know, I, I think, I think it's one of those things like if it, if you, if it makes you feel better about the way it's working or if it seems to be working anecdotally for you, there's no reason to change it. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good with low ballers, not wasting my time. So, but now it's time to bring it up because we're done with our reseller topics and it's time to move to even more exciting things. I just do the head nod. You do the drop bows on them. That's right. <laughs> El Bolo. Oh my. <laughs> Can't believe you went through with that. Yeah, why not? Okay, I've talked a lot. I want to hear your bolo. All right. So um, you have talked a lot. I have talked a lot today. I'm sorry. Not in a bad way. Like I'm not like offended by it, but okay. you know, my voice has been, uh, has been able to rest, which is nice. Well, so. good. Um, so my bolo <laughs> is I was at a garage sale uh, a while back. I actually went with my wife. My wife and son came with me. And they would just drive me and drop me off. And I think I mentioned that. And I don't think I mentioned this item though. So one of the first places we stopped at, I jumped out and I looked around. I didn't see anything. And then as I'm getting in the car, I saw like in the corner, some like signs. And I'm like, oh, I know signs sometimes do well. So I like got back out and I looked and there was an interstate five sign, right? Like, like, a, like a sign that would be on the freeway. And this thing's pretty beat up. And based off of the other things this person has, like, I had no reason to believe that like they stole this. Like yeah, they, there are legalities to that. Now, and that's why I bring that up. Now uh, I, I don't know a hundred percent, like all of the, the legal stuff about this. I just know it's illegal to take them off of, off of the road. Like there are people who do that. And I know why is because I looked them up yeah. on eBay and, and like freeway signs sell for a lot of money. Like if, if it's like a nice one, they sell for, you know, upwards of a hundred bucks or so. So yeah, it makes sense that people can go out there and just cut them off and then sell them. I mean, that's like free money on the road that people are stealing. But this guy, I mean, I asked him about it. I'm like, oh, how'd you get this? And 
And you could tell by all of his stuff, like he's a construction worker guy. And he's okay. like, yeah, I was doing a job and they were, you know, throwing them away. So I picked one up. Um, they're just going to throw it away. So this was trash. So I don't, I don't have any issue with it now. I don't know. Maybe there's an eBay policy about selling them, but there's lots of them that sell. So if there is like a lot of people are breaking the rules. Um, but anyways, I picked up this interstate five sign for five bucks or $4. I, yeah, because he wanted, he wanted five and then I went three and he's like, I should have said seven. And I'm like, uh-huh. And then he's like, okay, fine, four. Um, and Split the difference. Yeah. So um, we ended up at, at, at four bucks. And so I buy this sign and we've had a ton of offers on it. And I, I, part of me wants to just go, um, uh, what's it called? Auction on it mm-hmm. just to see what people will give. Because there's nicer ones, like ones that are much nicer that are selling for like 80 to to $100. We've had a lot of offers around 60 65 and we've declined them because we're like, I think we can get more for this. We're trying to get like closer to 80. But I'm like, I wonder if I just go auction set it at the 65 and then see if it goes up from there. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've been thinking about, but um, I, I don't feel bad about selling it. Cause I know for like 99% chance of this is just like not a stolen off the side yeah. of the road. Right. Like this is, this is from a construction side, a job that was going to go in the trash. Um, but anyways, I say all that to say, if you can find some signs, right. Like real signs, right. Like we know this with like certain phone booth signs, certain mm-hmm. like different, they sell for money. Cause think about like the, the, the sentimental value people have, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've driven on the five freeway so many times. That'd be so cool to have or movie mind. sets yeah. or, yeah. you know, studios wanting yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I get so, it. Um, yeah. That all that to be said is when you see signs, always check them out. Cause you never know. Um, I saw like a full phone booth one time, but it was like trashed. And I was like, ah, that there's probably pieces of this that would sell, but I didn't want to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, if you find like, I mean, I think you've talked about on the podcast before, like certain phone signs. Right? Yeah. I have a, I have my, uh, that's my ultra inventory reserve in case things get really bad. Of Yeah, I have about, I don't know, over 100 telephone signs. You haven't posted those? Nope. What? <laughs> You're just yeah. sitting on money, man. I intended to, and then sales kicked in. So, so like you're sitting on them like purposely? Yeah, I'm just, you know, hoping that the value keeps going. <laughs> I guess, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but anyways pick up signs that's a bolo um, of course always do your research I don't even think we need to say that anymore we'll just say things no, and like do. we'll just you assume do. that well at the end of the episode we'll be like one of those really fast voices like Mike and Orlando are not 100% experts on the blah 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 the no legal advice blah blah blah, oh, blah. Really always, always, always do your research blah 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 yeah. or we'll go be real be relevant be researching be researching alright that's a good bolo. I, you know, and signs are, you know, again, he says, keep an eye out for signs. Yes, but don't take the ones illegally. Yeah, no, never. <laughs> don't. That's because you're stealing from. I think it's a felony. Isn't yeah, it? well, yeah, but you're stealing from me. That's my taxpayer that dollars. That's true. Don't steal from us. Yeah, don't steal from me. Don't steal you, from Mike. You, you don't want Just that. Mike. Okay. All right, so my bolo. So I'm kind of shocked about this bolo because this went away and now it's coming back. Yes, fingerlings. I knew it. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't I? I still have my fingerlings. Those I need to get rid of somehow. Maybe I need to just... Just lot them all together. Or make a bunch of kids days one day, you know? So construction trucker jackets. I'm being really vague because what I'm finding is not, you know, I've talked about Levi's Sherpa line jackets. Like those are selling again. And I don't know what it is, but I've sold some Carhartt ones that are like, there's paint all over them, discoloration. I had one that I paid a dollar for that I sold for 40 something dollars. I sold a, a, another Carhartt one for 70 bucks. I have a, a few of them. 
and I cannot hold on to them. Right. And if you want to check them out, they're one of our TikToks. <laughs> I, Are I you sh- sending people to our TikTok? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if we want people to see some of our TikToks. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, we're experimenting on there. So if you're not already on TikTok, don't go. That place is a black abyss, man. You'll get sucked in. <laughs> it, it really is. But there's some good stuff on there. Some. Some. All right. So Sherpa lined or trucker jacket. Just keep it. Just Google. You know, not Google. Go to eBay. Go to Solds. Type in Sherpa lined trucker jacket. And, you know, go to the highest solds under conditioning used and just see. Right. So there's certain brands like Levi's. There's Carhartt. There's some Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Fitch. There's, you know, even maybe Gap ones. I don't know that um, Gap's not usually a good seller for anything, but you never know. But keep an eye because for whatever reason, I cannot hold on to these and they're selling. So those of you that are in warmer climates, probably a good place to look because I'm pretty sure people had them and then they don't want them or whatever. Right. I I think they're harder to find in the cooler climates right now because people aren't using them. Right. So keep an eye. That is my bolo. Again, doesn't have to be brand specific, but you know, there's some brands out there, you know, like Levi's and Carhartt and so on that sell for money. And I don't know, this might be a small window because one sold to somebody in Russia and it sold to such a, it was a, I'm not going to say the name, but it was a very Russian name. And I'm like, I could see this guy wearing this big old bulky Sherpa line, like out in the wilderness, you know, hunting with his jacket. I should get one. You're making them sound so cool. They are cool. They're legit. I like wearing one. I have one that I could probably keep, but I don't know. I'm already, you know, I'm already struggling in San Diego knowing that eventually I can't wear shorts every day. Like that's a struggle for me right now. Sad. So like 60. Okay. So what are you looking for? We got to hear it one more time. Do we? One more time. Do it. All right. So what are you looking forward to, Mike? All right. So that's, that's a good question to, to ask. You know, I, I, uh, I always uh, struggle with what I'm looking forward to, which is kind of sad because I know this is coming up in every oh, episode. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but every episode? Not every episode. Every, uh, every oh, update. Right. Every so. update. Okay. Um, but I think what I'm really looking forward to is now that my wife is doing this full time, she's doing so much of the listing and shipping and all of that stuff. Uh, I really need to find a way to source more, right? That I need to be able to have more items for her to source because we're getting to our inventory reserves and we're going to get to a place where I can't source fast enough for the amount of listings that she's doing. And she's going to be doing some of the sourcing too, but I don't want to put the entire burden on her. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about clothing brands. And so right now when I walk into a thrift store or garage sales, I don't spend a lot of time in clothing racks. Like there's sometimes I will, I'll go and I'm, I'm looking for like certain styles and I'll only look at certain ones because I only know so much about like, Okay, if we're talking about Hawaiian shirts, like right, yeah. I know a couple of brands, so I'll quickly look through it at Hawaiian shirts. But I don't look at every polo. I don't look at all of the jeans. I don't look at, because even if I did, there's only like a handful of brands that I know to pick, which is fine. I still make money on clothes. But I know there's so much that I'm not picking up, that I should be picking up, right? And I was inspired when we looked at the Latin Pickers, or we did the Latin Pickers interview, and he talked about making a yeah, card, crazy. making a card with the uh, logos, right? So like, great idea. I'm totally going to do that because I've, there's been times where I've looked up names. And I remember when I very first started, I made index cards and I'd write down names and I'd be like, um, you know, Tommy Bahama, uh, Doc Martens, or like the certain names I'm, I'm writing down. I'm like, pick up this, pick up this Cole Hahn, right? 
But the problem is a lot of times it's like logo based, mm. right? And so unless you're really familiar, like, oh, that's Patagonia, right? Like sometimes it says Patagonia, sometimes it doesn't, or like it does somewhere else. You know what I mean? And so when you're going quick, you want to be able to know like tags and logos. And so I'm planning on spending the next couple of weeks researching brands, figuring out what brands I'm not currently reselling in and print out a, a couple of like cheat sheets that I can just like study, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is the logo? Yeah. Is this a pickup? And then even within the logos, like certain items are, are, are better than others, right? So I'm going to like have like a little cheat sheet with like the logo, the name of the company, and like a couple of like notes, like if it's between this year and this year, or if it's this style, right? Because sometimes it's like the brand isn't great unless it's a certain style. So I, I'm going to make some cheat sheets that I can use for study that I can quickly reference when I'm in a, a thrift store. And I think that it's going to be a lot of work. So I'm not looking forward to the amount of work, but I, I'm looking I want to see his drawings. Oh, no, I'm not going to draw. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm a tech guy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to put it all onto a Photoshop or not Photoshop all onto a Google slides. I'm going to slide it down into a four nice. by six and then printing those out. Boom. Um, or three by five. So, but anyways, yeah, I'm going to do that because it's going to be a lot of work. I'm not looking forward to that part, but I'm, I think it's oh, going to broaden off. my, my horizons big time. And I'm going to be able to walk into a store, do my quick loop, and then actually look through a couple of racks and pull off things, right? Like sometimes it's like, I don't want to spend the time looking at everything because it's just not worth it to me. I'm not picking up anything, but if I know more, I'm going to be able to pick up more. And I had a question. Are you going to be looking at hard goods too? Yeah. Like trying to do more hard goods? Uh, I, yes. I mean, here's the thing is I know it, it would be impossible for me to give up hard goods because I know so many of them mm -hmm. that it's, e I feel like I can always find a few things hard goods. The problem is they take up so much space. Okay. Right. So I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm getting to a place where if I were to, double my inventory of hard goods, I'd be, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Okay. But I could double the amount of clothing that I have and be fine in my store. So I'm still going to pick up hard goods, but I want to learn more clothing because I feel like that's, that's a niche that I don't know enough about and it works with my space. No, the only reason I say that is with clothing, it's, you definitely have to know certain niches to maximize your money and your sell through. Right. Right. Cause it's such a saturated with hard goods. It's saturated depending on what hard, hard goods you're trying to sell, but the competition is not as fierce. Yeah. I, but even with that, like, here's the thing with hard goods and clothing, like it's saturated to an extent, but if you're picking up uh, a size 13, you know, whatever the dress is of a brand, the market on clothing in that brand might be saturated, but like the amount of people with that size and that's, you know what I mean? So like, you're still going to have certain buyers who are No, I think there's it. still money to be made for clothing. I just think it's just a little more competitive. Maybe. Right. And I've, I've, I don't, you know, I barely sell cheaper clothing. Like, and what I mean is I hardly ever have items that are less than 25 bucks. Usually it's a lot more than mm -hmm. that. Right. And, but that took time. Right. But I find that my field's a little less saturated. So when I source a lot of my vintage 90s stuff, right, most of it sells for good money and I don't have as much competition because unless you know where to get a lot of that at that one time, you know, that's really hard to get up and, and list, you know? Yep. So, well, good. All right. Well, we'll see where things are. Yeah. I, want, I want to look at your uh, Google Slides. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, that's 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 stay, mine. That's I, can't, I can't share that. Oh, I'm just man. kidding. Okay. No, no. You, you could probably add to it. Anyways, what are you looking forward to? So, same old, same old, say more FBA shipments. But the other thing I want to talk to you is kind of along the lines of yours is I need bigger bulk opportunities for eBay. Now, I don't want to do the the huge lots. I don't want to do pallets. I don't want to do, you know, 
different companies send you like wholesale stuff. No. What I found is these last three, four weeks that I've been trying to crank out listings, I didn't have to source at all. I only sourced because I wanted to source. And it was really nice because I had these huge bulk buys that I could work through, whether it was trains, I had a bulk buy of shoes at one point. I, you know, I want to find those connections where it's items that not everyone has access to, right? Because one of the things that I'm, I'm able to do really well is that I have access to certain vintage stuff that, you know, through different connections that I've been able to garner that has separated me from the crowd. And I'm able to ask, you know, more money for certain items because they're harder to find. And so that's what I want. Mm. Right. And I want to grow that more, especially during Q4, because what I'm finding is I'm I'm way too busy to be doing the, you know, I've I go to thrift stores maybe, maybe twice a week now. Right. But the reason is because I've already had so much mm -hmm. that I bulk buy, bulk buy. It's not a real verb, but we're going to go with it. Bulk bought. Right. That I didn't have to worry about it. Well, we're now. I'm pretty much like 95 percent listed. Oh. I only have 5% left. So with Q4 coming, I want to be able to drop a bunch of items to my helper that they can take care of those eBay listings and I can, I can just keep focusing on Amazon. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I like it. So we got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. I'm excited. Man. I'm excited about our new episodes coming up. Conspiracy yeah. stuff. If you got conspiracy stuff to share with us, <laughs> let us know. Love all previews out there too. So check that out. Check out our new yeah. book that we're doing. And then with all that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Peace.